Hey, yes, it is Thursday. It is nine, so it's UK Cowboys time. And before I ask how everybody's doing, we have with us the great and powerful Mr. Mickey Spagnola. How are we all doing, people? Hey, it looks like I'm a little dark. Let's see if I can get some light in this picture here. Hang on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes, we are here. It is the penultimate show. Uh, so we've only got this show and next week's episode, and that's it for season three. All done and dusted. We're on to season four. And uh, there we go. Look, Mickey's that's back. a little and, bit better. Yeah. I mean, mate, we can see a big smiling face, and that, that that's a bright enough light. Oh, look Even at that. better, huh? Oh, oh. Now we can see every, every every beautiful feature there, mate. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, some people have said you're up, you've been on this show so much, they're picking up an English accent from you now. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> now, if I could just pick up your guy's accent and understand everything much better. Are you just referring to Jamie or the rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that I can understand. We don't understand him, so don't worry. I don't understand myself, so it's all right. <laughs> it's always like whenever you speak, Jamie, I always think of Sean Bean. <laughs> oh, I get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to take that comment. From South Yorkshire, not from the good side. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, guys, we heard this week on the positional breakdown series. As we say, we're on to cornerbacks this week. Just looking at all the corners. Um, just so you know, Mickey, we are putting Israel Mukwamu in the safety position, not the cornerback position. That's um, right. Yes, so some people were talking about that, like we did with the defensive ends. You know what it's like? Some people are going to be on a bonnet with positions, but we'll just keep it simple. However it's written down by you guys at Dallas Cowboys, that's what we're going to go with. That's probably a smart thing to do, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we're not making a mistake on our own guys, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But we have had uh, some interesting information, and we, we could start with this guy if you want. Um, but uh, uh, Touchdown Wire did a ranking this week of uh, cornerbacks from the slot position, and they ranked Jordan Lewis third. Well, uh, you know, I think he had one of his better seasons agree. Uh, playing in the slot. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, competition there uh, because – you know, one of the guys that, you know, depending on what happens on the outside, yeah. Um, you know, Anthony Brown's pretty versatile and he's been able to play in the slot. And I noticed at some point uh, a couple of times in, uh, I believe it was the mini camp, I saw Anthony Brown go inside uh, when they were given some of the younger guys an opportunity to play on the outside. So, uh, mm. but Jordan Lewis did have a nice season and that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I think one of the reasons why these corners, I think the obviously the play improved when you get one guy to have 11 interceptions, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, going to get filtered yeah, a bit It'll be more. interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out uh, in training camp. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to, to Trayvon because we'll try and do it in order, but we, we, we seem to be kicking it into Jordan Lewis. So we'll stick there for the minute. But I mean... I always think Jordan Lewis is one of those under-the-radar type guys that he just quietly gets it done. But he's not a bad player. And uh, um, what he's surrounded by, you don't really hear much from him or about him. But 
he's just there quietly getting it done. He'll come on the field and do exactly what is said on the tin. And then you're on to the next job. He just seems to be that guy. If you know, that makes that's any sense. probably what you want out of your third corner, right? And remember, yeah. it's your third corner. Yeah. Uh, so you're not putting your best guy usually in the slot unless you have a really good third corner that can play outside. So the fact that, yeah, you don't hear much about him probably means he's not making a bunch of mistakes. I know sometimes he'll give up a play and you're going, ah, what do you, what do you, where were you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, but other than that, I, I think, yeah, it, it's been pretty solid. And one of the reasons why they, did sign him what a year ago to I think it was a three year deal. Yes, that's right. I mean, I'll bring up. I've got everyone's contact uh, contact contract details, which I'll bring up in a moment. But the 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 one thing that I did notice when I was going through Jordan Lewis's uh, statistics, which is quite quite mad when you look at it, that um, the first thing that I, I noticed, and it is something we've known for him to do before because uh, I think he matched the Cowboys' record from the cornerback slot, is he had on the season two sacks. Um, so he can't, you can't use him in that way. And he also created forced fumbles. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he, he is somewhat of a, a ball hawk, right? He seems yeah. to find the ball or the ball finds him, uh, one of the two. And while they didn't blitz that much out of the slot, it's one of the things I think Dan... Quinn uh, will probably upgrade uh, this year the way he uses these guys once they're uh, have become now more comfortable uh, in his defense in that, that scheme. Now, well, that was something I was going to ask you if perhaps we'll see a bit more of that from Jordan Lewis. Because, um, yeah, as you say, they, they have signed him to a, a three year deal. And the, the bad bit as well is I don't know where the time's gone, but he's actually been with the Cowboys for six years. Um, which is absolutely crazy. Three-year deal, and he's four point six million on the cap this year. I think that's worth it, though. Yeah, no, uh, and, and and you know to get veteran guys like that to come in uh, and play, and even though they've brought in some young guys, they can't seem to you know edge these older veterans out. Not that he's old; he's yeah. been here a little bit longer than the rest of them. So. Yeah, I think that uh, bodes well uh, for them going forward in the corner position. Now, if they can establish that fourth guy, is it Kelvin Joseph? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Is it Nashawn Wright? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we'll, you know, this remains to be seen. Uh, but they do need to establish a fourth guy uh, that you can trust. And now, can you trust Kelvin Joseph? I don't know. We have... He certainly hasn't done anything to prove that just yet. Uh, but you always need that fourth guy since you're usually uh, using three corners in a standard defense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for you, Jamie, I don't, I don't know how you feel. I mean, there's this battle right now. I think it is. It's the battle for third, I feel. Do you think it's going to go Jordan Lewis, you know, stick to what you know, or development of Kelvin Joseph is going to be the, the way forward? Or is it more of a case of wait and see what, what we get when it gets to preseason? Yeah, I think you've got to look at it in camp, haven't you? But as Mickey alluded to, Jordan Lewis is, it's like a little, he's in Swiss Army knife, probably the best way to describe him. But he say he can play inside, he can play outside, and he's dependable and, um, I know we've to just touched on it as well, saying like he's pretty much under the radar and mm. hopefully that kind of 
makes him play with a chip on his shoulder because you see some guys that at other teams that would have stats that he's produced and get a lot of credit for it and, and get a lot of talk around the league. Um, and like I say it may, may have just been that it's been overshadowed with what Trevon Diggs last did last year. But yeah, if if it was if it if it was called back free, I'd definitely be comfortable and it it, it won't from any panic for, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about you, Paul? I mean, we'll, we'll we'll I'll come to you and let you weigh in. John Lewis versus Kelvin Joseph. Which way would you go? Got to have to go with Jordan Lewis right now. I mean, we still don't know what. Well, right as of right now, like I would, you know that uh, Lewis is definitely more game ready, but we just don't know uh, where we're at with Joseph right now. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty straightforward from my perspective. Yeah, and you know, the other thing on, on Kelvin Joseph, I haven't seen them try to use him in the slot, even as a, a second-team corner. Uh, yeah. It seems like when, when he comes in, uh, he, he's behind uh, Anthony Brown on at the left outside corner spot. So uh, I've yet to see him go in the slot. I don't know how well he would play in there. Uh, it's a tougher position, right? You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll have to see. I, I know Kelvin Joseph has a lot of talent. Uh, now we'll see if he if he does not become one of these guys that it's there's always something, right? And yes. so far, there's been a couple too many somethings uh, since he's gotten here. Yeah, and especially with the way teams are moving now that, you know, it used to be going back some years that the slot position would be wide receivers that are getting a bit long in the tooth. They'll move them in there. They're more experienced to be able to find space. But nowadays with, you know, the way players are coming out of college, wide receivers, they they are pure slots or, you know, the big slot has come out as well a lot. So, Cornerbacks certainly need to be able to hit the ground running, and like you say, quite rightly, hit the you know know what they're doing from that position because these younger guys, more athletic, speed, agility means that they need to know not just the route but the player and stick with the athleticism too. Um, but could, let's could you say as well, though, just, just quickly throw that like, could yeah. you probably could you potentially say moving into camp that he's the the one likely to be on the bubble in terms of. If the Cowboys don't like what they see in camp, they may just say, look, let's cut ties. This this guy wasn't what we thought he was going to be. What do you think, Mickey? What, what Which guy did you say? Kelvin Joseph. No, I think when you're a second-round pick, uh, you'll probably get three years um, mm. before they say, okay, uh, you washed out. Mm. Uh, and it's my understanding that from a, a, a legal standpoint, uh, he should be all in the clear uh, with his uh, yeah. uh, deal uh, with the uh, being in the car where the shooting took place. Uh, so uh, my understanding, my sources tell me that he should be good to go. Now you will see, you know, that's from a legal standpoint. You never know when the NFL will come up with something and say, well, no, I don't think we agree with that. And uh 
Deshaun Watson, right? We'll see what happens there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that as well. Because that, that was going to be something I was going to ask you about was uh, because you've got the, the you know, you've already attested to it, the, the double-edged sword that although he's he's free on one side, there's still the other side. But you haven't heard anything with Kelvin Joseph on that front? No, absolutely not. And the only thing that I've been told is that it seems like that uh, he's been cleared. Nothing's come out officially. Uh, the Cowboys certainly haven't uh, said anything officially. The The legal system probably wouldn't say anything unless there was something to be said, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Which is never good news. Uh, <laughs> so from, from that standpoint, yeah. Uh, you know, he's been here. He, he's been at the, the workouts in the offseason. Uh, and their ever intention is that he's coming to training camp with them. Yeah, okay. it seems it seems like no big news is good news right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, just for, for sorry, I just to interrupt. I do apologize for people trying to watch it on Facebook. We did have a technical issue, um, but I have managed to remedy it, so you can all rejoin now. So apologies for that. Sorry, Mickey, I didn't mean to interrupt you either. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm just following the leaders here. <laughs> and hey, you're the leader here, mate. Don't you worry about that. Um, so should we go in order then and look at Trayvon Diggs? Um, what I found funny, and we were talking about this on the show, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs got nicknamed, he got given a moniker of being the Jameis Winston of cornerbacks. Um, I feel that's a little unfair, but... It's quite I, insulting, actually. I agree, agree. Um, but I get, I get, I get where they were trying to go. That it's going to go one way. No, or the wait, other wait. Way. Where were they trying to go? Help me. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. what they're trying to say is James Winston. You, you know that he throws a lot of interceptions. He throws a lot of touchdowns. It was going to go one way or the other. Um, but I feel that if you get that type of cornerback, the type of cornerback with what Trayvon is, where he plays out of phase with the player, you're going to get that that. That because he, he's going to try and create separation for the wide receiver, and then he'll try and close that gap to get. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the cornerback that was talking about it. I think it might have been Jalen Ramsey, and he was trying to explain about cornerbacks playing in phase and out of phase. Um, and basically, he's explaining that that's Trayvon's style, so you, it's gonna happen that way. Do you think though, he's gonna? We're going to see less interceptions with less yards, though, Mickey, or is this going to be something we keep? Seen it year in, year out. Well, I don't know that play. I want to see less interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Agree. Agree. I want more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, I want him to go after Dick Night Train Lane's NFL yeah. record. He was almost he uh... just three short of, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, here, here, here's the deal, and, and, and I think it's been unfair since you brought this up, mm -hmm. that – the reason he got 11 interceptions is because he's a gambler. Yes. And, and, and if you watch him play, he's not gambling. He's covering the guy, right? Mm. And, and, and so cornerbacks are going to get beat. They all get beat, right? <laughs> yeah. There, there's a reason why these quarterbacks out there are throwing for 5,000 and 4,000 yards. They're, they're beating somebody. Mm. The same thing with these receivers, right? There's a reason why there's guys out there that are catching 100 balls a season, uh, catching for 12, 1,500 yards. They yeah. beat cornerbacks. You yeah. are going to get beat as a cornerback 
what you want to do is make plays to counter the times you get beat. And yes. I think that's Trayvon Diggs' uh, biggest asset, that he makes plays. Uh, yeah. and, and don't think just because he gets beat on a deep one or a one-on-run route that he's that he's gambling. He's not gambling. He's just getting beat. Uh, and that's one of the things he wants to get better at. You know, someone asked him uh, if he maybe learned a lesson this last year and, and won't gamble as much. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, well, gambling to try to get interceptions. He goes, I play football. Yeah. And I thought that was a great answer. I'm playing it football. And, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, I think it's been very unfairly uh, pointed out that the reason he's successful is he gambles. And all you got to do is ask Everson Walls about it, right? The last guy in the NFL to previously have 11 interceptions in a single season. And, yeah. and Everson did it as a, as a rookie, 1981. It was 40 years since anybody's had as many as 11 interceptions in the NFL. And I guarantee you, Everson wasn't a gambler. He was just covering and he had an <laughs> ability to catch the football. So if you can cover and you can catch the football like a wide receiver, chances are you're going to have uh, an ability to come away with interceptions. But that doesn't mean you'll never get beat. That yes. you know, this, this idea of shut down corners, who, who's the shutdown corner out there? They don't tell me it's Jalen Ramsey because yeah. I see him get beat bad many times, right? And he didn't come up with 11 interceptions. So uh, to me – I think the criticism uh, of Diggs is, is very unfair. Yeah. Do you think as well, though, that a lot of this is because he plays for the Cowboys? And what I mean by that is, oh, has to be Jimmy. Has yeah, to be because if, if it would have been if it had been on any other team, I don't think we would have been hearing about this. And like Mickey just says, look at like a Jalen Ramsey or something like you, you see these cornerbacks that are line up the league every year. Nobody ever comes out and kind of downplays them every year they always look at the stats of, of what they've done and like I say the door burning for yards that they've lost I, I just I just think a lot of this comes from the Cowboys and it's just another way to try and not patronize that's probably the wrong word to use but you know what I mean kind of downplay what he did last year because yeah he, he got benefit some yards but he had a great year but it's the kind of thing that you want to see though you want to see is play from year one year two year three going up you don't want to see it trending downwards yeah, and, and let's remember, he was only, this was only his second year in the league last Ooh. year, right? And he didn't yeah. play that much cornerback in, in college. Remember, he was a wide receiver. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. he played, what, two more years at corner, and now he's in the NFL. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see what type of year he has. And, and and also there's a lot of times when, you know, when these, these rating services are judging the guys play, they don't know what the defensive call was, right? They don't know if he was supposed to help help over the top with a safety and the safety didn't do his job uh, or if a linebacker was supposed to drop into the flat. Uh, so a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, I think gets exaggerated. We get too caught up with being anal with all these numbers out there uh, that somebody else is coming up with that's not part of the game plan or a part of the team. 
It's funny that you kind of mentioned that about like so the numbers and stuff like that. If there's one person that kind of springs to mind regards to that, who I thought was actually having a good season, and it's not a cornerback, but it was LVE near the end of the season. You weren't hearing much about him because he was actually doing his job, if that makes sense. He wasn't making the big impact plays, but he was still doing the void. He was still like doing his job, essentially. I don't know if that's, if that's what you're kind of meaning there, Mickey. Paul, you must have some sort of uh, psych- psychotherapy going here because uh, just before I got on with you guys, I was into my column for Friday on DallasCowboys.com about Leighton Vanderish uh, <laughs> and, and pointing out that, you know, if and he said it to us, given a chance to play and play consistently, I can play well. Um, yeah. The problem had been is they didn't give him an opportunity to play consistently or injuries had gotten in the way his second year, his third year. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think you're exactly right. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that, that this guy was a pro bowler as a rookie. That's right. A yeah, rookie yeah. linebacker, the first Cowboys rookie linebacker to make it to the Pro Bowl. Uh, and, and, and then injuries got in the way. And last year was his first year back. And they wasted snaps on Jalen Smith before they finally smartened up and got rid of him uh, <laughs> and got Leighton Vander back on the field where he belonged. And, yeah. and, and finally, as the season went along, the other thing, this notion that Keanu Neal could be a linebacker kind of yeah. faded away also to the point they didn't re-sign him. Yeah. But also, I mean, like, because we, we, we was talking about linebacker last week. I know we're going wayward, but I may as well get your take on this. We were talking about that. As Paul mentioned, Leighton Van Der Esch, as the season went on, he seemed to get better. But I think another thing that you notice tie in quite nicely with that, that all came up together, Neville Gallimore returning. Yeah, so you see Neville Gallimore mm-hmm. return back from injury. All of a sudden, Leighton Van Der Esch seems to find his feet too. Um, because you know they're trying to keep him a bit cleaner in the in the box. Um, but I mean, you, you've already spoken about Anthony Brown. Um, now this really is a, one of the veterans on the team, still only 28 years old, mind being with the Cowboys for seven years. Um, out of Purdue, he's on a three-year contract, and this is his contract year now. Um, so he's 6.5 million on the cap. But do you think this is going to be one of those years where, because, you know, we always hear about contract years. Do you think he's done enough for him to return? Or do you think that having a guy who's going to be a bit long in the tooth next year, like the Orlando Scandrick that we had before, is going to be somewhat in their mind? Or do you think that they want the veteran presence? Well, that depends on, do you have somebody to take his place? Good point. Right? Yeah. Uh, You know, you, you you never are making too much money until somebody making less can do what you do, <laughs> right? That's It's pretty simple. Um, so, uh, you know, that's why, uh, yeah, for him, uh, sixth, uh, third contract in the league would be great for a guy that got in the league as what, a sixth-round draft choice? Sixth round, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think that, you know, the way he looks at it is just got to go out and play football. And then kind of see what happens. He's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, yeah. And I think he understands that this team's ability to be in the same defense under the same defensive coordinator who's calling actually the defensive plays during the mm-hmm. game 
will really help this team. Because if you think about it, that hasn't happened for the previous three seasons. It's always been somebody different. Yeah. Uh, and now they can sink their teeth into what Dan Quinn's doing. And uh, this defense, to me, has to take that next step. While it was 100%. better, it still wasn't good enough. They still, at times, against the better teams, gave up too many points. Absolutely. You shouldn't score 29 points and 33 points in a game and get beat. Uh, and they lost two games like that, which cost them having the best record uh, in the NFL last year. Yeah. And, you know, we, we spoke about Trayvon Diggs with the interceptions. So his target rate um, kind of went down <laughs> after that. Um, he was just over, he was on 101 targets uh, for the year, but only a 56%. Uh, reception rate, which is is fairly, you know, you you you'd be happy with that. Um, which meant obviously Anthony Brown was that guy getting targeted a lot more, and he did, he did get targeted a lot more. But what is crazy is even with that number of targets, he came second in the Cowboys in intercept. He had four interceptions um, on the year, and I think I do believe he scored a touchdown as well in one of them. Yes, I'm right. Yeah, I, I, I he did take one back to the house, didn't he? So, yeah, and, 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 you know, and I get targets. We don't understand. I don't, I don't think teams come out. You know, I, I'm sure offensive coordinators are looking for the weak link, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The defensive coordinator knows where his weak link is. So he'll cover that, right? I'll yeah. put a safety over there. See, mm -hmm. I think there's also this misconception that because Diggs had all these interceptions – that he wasn't covering the other team's top receiver. Well, guess what? He was. Yeah. You know, a lot of times he, he was going with the top receiver. And to me, teams aren't going to back off throwing to their best receiver just because Trayvon Diggs is over there. They're going to their best receiver. And the reason he's their best receiver is he beats people. And, and so that's another reason why – you know, some of the yards uh, Trayvon Diggs gave up uh, because he was covering some of the top receivers in the league. Uh, they didn't shy away from throwing at him or moving their top receiver around somewhere else. You know, they, they would go after him. So the same mm -hmm. thing uh, with Anthony Brown. It wasn't like he was in, you know, the luxury seat on the left side where, you know, we never got a top receiver or uh, didn't get help sometimes. Uh, I just think he's a really good player. He's a smart player and uh, one of the veteran guys on this team that really helps out the young guys. Yeah, because that, that's something that can be uh, taken away either. Because, I mean, obviously you're around the team a lot more than we are. <laughs> um, so, I mean, <laughs> By 5,000 miles. <laughs> right, there's an ocean between us. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a song there somewhere, Mickey. But I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, when it comes to Anthony, because we know he he's a veteran present there. Does he have that? Does he do that? Is he is he quite um, vocal with the younger guys? Does he try and assist them along a bit? I think he does in a way that you wouldn't recognize because he's kind of soft spoken. Okay. Uh, kind of quiet, but don't don't equate that with him not being a top competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, how Amari Cooper was with C.D. Lamb in a way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Very, very much so. Like uh, leading from the back. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, or in the locker room when no one else is around. Um, I'm with you. you know, those are the leaders uh, that guys respect and yeah. leaders that, you know, have shown that they deserve that respect. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's a uh, he. he He's one of my favorite guys. I remember when he first came in as a sixth round pick yeah. and uh, it was a rookie mini camp. And I listened to his interview and I'm going, okay, I'm a fan of this guy. I, I <laughs> play just, just listening to him. And I, and, and I think I was right so far. Yeah. I mean, cause and like, remember he also last year was coming back from basically a season ending injury, right? Correct. Yeah, that's right. That. So yeah. that means, during the off season, you know, chances are you're spending the majority of the off season rehabbing from surgery, uh, not trying to get better mm. while you're trying to get better. But I mean, you're, you're spending time rehabbing instead of adding on, let's put it that way. So in terms of how you see it, and I'll ask Jamie and Paul as well, what your feelings are on this. Um, I'll ask you first, Mickey, do you think, Anthony Brown's getting unseated, um, barring the worst that could happen. But do you see him being unseated as the cornerback too, or is he pretty much solidified in there at the moment? Till I have not seen anybody in, uh, mount a challenge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who's going to do it? Yeah, I, I, that was just literally what I was just about to say there. Like, Is there any really anyone really just willing to step up to the plate and actually challenge for that? I don't think there really is at this moment. I mean... I mean, Brown's kind of like more or less kind of like he's got himself a cushion, but uh, enough to kind of keep him where he's at right now. But mm -hmm. uh, anything could happen during training camp. Someone might step up and actually like outdo Anthony Brown's been doing. So it's just my We just need to see what happens during training camp. It'll I be think. interesting, Paul, if if they give Kelvin Joseph the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what you got to have, right? The opportunity, yeah. But again, you got to earn in it. Absolutely, yeah. Right, yeah. and so yeah, it's uh, it, and and this will be one of the more uh, interesting training camps, I think, for the Cowboys because they've got a lot of things that they have to accomplish during this training camp. Uh, and again, with young guys, if you get the opportunity, then are you ready? Uh, but you got to have an opportunity. I, you know, and I remember, you know, when we were talking to Everson Walls on our podcast uh, about his rookie year and, and that when, when he came in, you know, that back in those days, uh, they had two weeks of rookie training camp before the veterans got there, right? And so we were talking about opportunities like some of these other rookies get these days, right? And Everson, so what kind of opportunity do you have? He goes, are you serious? He goes, I think when I went to training camp, we had 21 corners there. <laughs> Rookie corners, right? And he goes, and what am I? He goes, I'm a, I'm, I'm undrafted out of grambling. And, and he goes, I had to fight every opportunity I got to get to the front of the line. And I said, well, what happened when the veterans got here? He goes, well, it got worse because now all those guys were ahead of us. And, and, and you didn't get an opportunity. And he told us a really funny story, you guys. I said, well, so what was it like the first time you got on the field with the veterans? And he goes, well, he goes, I cut in line 
to get up to cover Tony Hill. And this is when the veterans got there. And he said he got up and, and basically got in, you know, man coverage, bump and run on the line of scrimmage. And he said, Tony Hill looked up and goes, rookie, what are you doing? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, Tony, I'm, I'm trying to make the team. I'm, I'm covering you. And he goes, hey, I'm just out here to get through some routes. You know, I'm trying to get my route back down because yeah. I'm not playing football. And he Everson said, so I told him, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't accommodate you. Right. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And he said at the snap of the ball, he got this head fake and Tony Hill just burned him off the yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that, like about, take that rookie for these young guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, There's literally take the definition of taking a rookie to school. When yeah, 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 yeah. Like, ha- like take that rookie. But I-, I think really at this stage, when we're talking of Kelvin Joseph, the next guy on our list is really it's going to be that that battle with Jordan Lewis. I think at this stage, um, you know, we said Jordan Lewis quietly gets it done, so I think it's going to be a hard nut to crack. But I think, if anywhere, that's going to be the place Calvin Joseph is really trying to aim for at the moment. I don't know if you guys agree with that sentiment. Well, I haven't seen him in the slot yet, so I don't. Good I point. don't know that uh, he'll get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, all I've seen him is on the outside, and all basically I've seen Jordan Lewis is on the inside. So yeah. I, I don't see any about face there uh, with what those guys are doing. I mean, I'm just going to check something because did although Kevin Joseph was in six games, did he take any special team snaps? Um, I think Jordan, he did, Jordan, didn't he? Jordan Lewis, uh, Calvin Joseph, Calvin oh, Joseph. Joseph. Um, I think he did. Didn't he? Uh, preseason, I'm sure he did. Hold on, let me check. No, 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 he didn't. No, yeah, no, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he took snaps uh, uh, on punt return and but, kick coverage. Was it during preseason? No, no, this is in the season. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So he does offer some special teams. Oh, so he, uh, uh, actually, no, he was, he was injured before, uh, in camp, was he not? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he, he kind of, so yeah, I got mixed up. He did kind of miss preseason a little bit. So he didn't, he didn't play, he only played two snaps in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He only played two defensive snaps uh, in the first eight games. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, overall, he ended up playing 14.3% of the special team snaps. Yeah. Uh, the last half of the season. So not a lot, like 160. Yeah, yeah 166 special team snaps. And I think he actually, I remember him making a couple plays coming down as a, a gunner, I think. Um. Yeah, I don't know if he had a bunch of tackles or not. One against the Giants, um, as a gunner, yeah, on a on a tackle. Doesn't say where, but um, so he does it. So there is a way that he can crack the, the the you know getting onto the roster in some respects. So he could do it that way. Um, I just I I I'm not sure. What about you guys? I I'm just not, I'm not I'm not convinced. That or Kelvin Joseph, and, and using him in, in a special teams capacity at this stage, I want to try and limit him in that sense and just see what I've got for him as a defensive player. 
Oh, no, he's got to prove himself on special teams before he's going to get an opportunity yeah. uh, to let, play let, on, on this fall time. Now, if you remember, later in the season, they started giving him a series here and a yeah. series there mm. uh, to you know, kind of see your spot. He wasn't that bad either, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he just got to know what to do. Yeah. And <laughs> you got to be available. Mm. Yes, right? availability. You know, if you want to wrap in career, that's fine. You you you've got from February to to April, but when it's time for football, it's time for football. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. Especially yeah. about you can't, training campus now. If I can sound sure. like old man Mick, there, right? <laughs> you, you can't you can't be 50-50 in your career. You can't. Yeah. Be. You, you need to be yeah, fully committed. You're, you're either a football player or you're this. Right. And end of, end of story. Yeah, rapping is to make money playing football. <laughs> mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like outside interests are great. Wait for that when your career is over. As they there always say in the NFL, it's it's not for long, as they always say. Um, but moving, sticking with the special teams, this, <laughs> believe it or not, is one of my favorite players on the Cowboys roster is CJ Goodwin, 32 mm. years of age, undrafted by the Steelers in 2014 uh, from USC. Uh, he's 1.9 mil on the cap, um, which I think for the role he plays, it, and like he's a phenomenal player, it's, it's such a speed freak, too. You um, gotta have those guys on your team, right? You gotta have some 100%. You know, you got a couple spots that you can have on the team that you're specialized in, yeah, and it happens to be special teams, and they can use them in so many different uh capacities. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you look at uh, what uh, his numbers were. Yeah. Uh, you just try and get his. From a special team standpoint, mm -hmm. he played 91% of the special team snaps. <laughs> Somebody absorbed 1,047 special team snaps. <laughs> you know, that's I, somewhat unheard of. So uh, he's worth every bit of that 1.9 million. He, exactly that's what i'm saying and like people will say like do you really want a cornerback on your roster that just does that that he's not a cornerback he's a special teams he's player. a special team yeah and you know like you always say you can allow for maybe three or four players just purely like you know like when it comes to the final 53 they'll go to the special teams coach and they'll say right who are your four guys you know usually they'll say three or four guys and they'll give a name. And I'm telling you, if I was a special team coordinator, the first name out of the gate would be C.G. Goodman for me. Well, Mike, no, here it's the other way around. The special teams coordinator goes to them and says, here's the four guys i got to have. <laughs> yeah. 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 He led the team with 10 special teams tackles, twice as many as anybody else. Mm. So he's worth every penny that they're paying him. 100%. And, and like, when you look at it, they, they do use him across the board on all of the – I mean, you already said, you know, um, in terms of how they use him snap-wise, but he is across the board. Um, the only the only part of the special teams he's not used on is actually taking the kick. Um, so I, I think he's worth every penny on that one. Um, I don't know if anyone else wants to weigh in on CJ Goodwin before we move in, Paul or Oh, I'm, Jamie? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. No, just right. The build-up of the roster, only same just for the special teams because they give you such... Such a great, or potentially give you such a great field position. Um, these again, again, are the kind of the guys that are always under the radar and not get as enough credit for me. And um, they work their ass off in not saying that nobody else does, but they have to work their ass off 
even more in training camp because they're on the bubble. Um, and like I say when they get on the field, it just we've seen it year and year out, and it just takes one special teams player. If your team's playing bad, and you get someone that just for instance, uh, what was the guy? Obviously, the punter wanted them at that big tackle the other year, um, and it it, it it kind of it rejuvenated the Cowboys for the rest of the game. So it's, these guys are worth the weight in gold, and the dog had a lot of salary for it when compared to the rest of the rosters. Yeah, and, you know, I'll defer to Mickey to answer this one, but I think when it comes to special teams play, like those big plays that happen, those big explosives, I think that lights a fire under your team more than any other play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and it'll deflate you faster than anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next guy. A guy we wrote about uh, last year quite extensively um, is Nation Wright. Um, so he's in his second year, 23 years of age from Oregon State. Um, this year, he's still on his rookie contract, so just over a mil on the cap. Um, I know a lot of people gave Nation Wright a bit of hate last year from, I don't know if you remember, the, the, the punt kick that bounced off his helmet, which meant that they could recover the ball. Um, I think he's just he was unlucky on that play, but I like what he provides, especially in the red zone for such a tall, lanky guy. Um, what do you think about Mickey? Uh, Mickey, what do you think about Nation Wright? Well, I think he was a, a developmental player. Yes. Um, yeah. And the the fact that he was able to get on the field uh, as a rookie, uh, yeah. I think it spoke volumes. And, and again, uh, we're going to see, can he make that jump between his first year and his second year? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so uh, I think what attracted him was his length, uh, not only tall, but oh, long arms, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, what happened on that special teams play, it was just a natural reaction, right? But he made up for it, right? Came back exactly uh, the next game or two games later, and mm -hmm. uh, ended up with the the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, but I think so. Everybody needs to understand, and I can't say it and emphasize it enough. Opportunity, right? You got to get opportunity, and when you're a young guy like that, the only way you get opportunity is gain trust in the coaching staff, and it's yeah. hard when you're a young guy. It's real mm -hmm. hard especially when you have veterans ahead of you. Yeah, especially veterans ahead of you leading the league in interceptions. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. All right, but the next guy, uh, and I don't know who wants to talk about him, because he's a little bit of a, uh, he's still on the roster, and it was a bit of a confusing move when they made it last season, was Kyron Brown, who was uh, undrafted by the Jets. He's brought in, played for Akron. Uh, he's on a two-year deal with the Cowboys, just under a mil on the cap this year. I mean, what sort of role is he trying to play for the Cowboys, Mickey? I mean, well, he's got to scramble on special teams and try to become, you know, the fourth or fifth uh, wide receiver. Yeah, there's Do only you see so many that? wide receivers are going to make it. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I think he, at times in in these mini camps and OTAs, uh, he's he's showed up. Um, I'm trying to think if he's the guy that. I remember um, kind of looking at the roster, yeah, and, and it was like, well, who who's this twenty six? You yeah. 
so he must have done something at, at Kyron Brown. So yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see uh, where he fits in. The, the, the competition, you know, four through six uh, on the cornerback is where yeah. the competition will be uh, during training camp, assuming health. Yeah, yeah, and ironically, that's the, the inverse for the wide receivers. For me, it's the wide receivers five through seven, um, which is the same for the cornerbacks, where I think the battle is going to be happening in cornerback. But I don't you- know. I think wide receivers, it's two through six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right there. But because um, we've been bigging up TJ Vasher, we wrote um, an article this week saying a lot of people are saying, is it Simi Vahoko? Is it TJ Vasher? And we turned around and we said, why not both? Well, uh, Vasher certainly caught my eye. Uh, Has he tried jumping over you yet? Yeah, how do you miss it? He's like (laughs) 6'4", 6'5", whatever. (laughs) Uh, He can jump out of the sky. sky. Uh, Long arms. Be a heck of a a red zone threat, uh, especially for, you know, a couple of the throw-up balls in the end zone. Mm -hmm. Um, so interesting guy, uh, yeah. you know, he, he's battled injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically redshirted him last year yes, uh, to right, yeah. protect his rights. Uh, and, uh, early in the, the mini camp and the rookie mini camp and OTAs, uh, he kind of showed up cause he's what getting opportunities with all the wide receivers missing, exactly. right? There yeah. was a time where, you know, a couple of those practice, he's running first team with Simi Fihoko. Yeah. Uh, Brian Houston. Now I think it's Brian Houston, right? Um, oh, let me see if I got that right. Dennis Houston. Uh, at oh, the end okay. of the mini camp, he was yeah. running first team. Uh, <laughs> so, it all. You know, well, they, you, you know, you don't have Gallup, you don't have James Washington out there. Lamb was out for a little bit. Lamb, the, the last couple practices was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, and, and Noah Brown was also. Yeah. So y- y- you had Tolbert, Houston, uh, and then either Fihoko or Vasher or whoever else you wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Uh, and I, what I do like as well for these guys down the roster is the the challenge they face against these wide receivers because they are good. When you look at it, you know, um, when you talk Gallup, Lamb, even Tolbert, the rookie, you know, he uh, Noah Brown, you know, he's a big, he may as well be a tight end, mind you, the way he's looking at the moment. But, I mean, when you think of the cornerbacks that, you know, the talent they have to face to practice against, you know, iron sharpens iron, as they say. Yeah. And, and like I said, we'll find out more in training camp because you guys got to understand when they're in the underwear Olympics out there and OTAs and hell, they even got penalized uh, an OTA practice for being too physical. (laughs) What was that? Can you explain that? It it had to be a practice we didn't watch because I didn't see anything other than the one we did watch and the fight broke out between the young uh, offensive and defensive linemen. Oh, hey. big G, yeah. big GR, and uh, Josh yeah. Ball, big Josh John, Ball. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, definitely he's definitely getting nicknamed GR. I'll sure. tell you what, his his thighs look like redwood trunks. I swear to God, they're <laughs> just huge. Uh, we just hope he can play, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, those practices, they 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 can't do any one on one drills. Uh, you know, they don't want the 
cornerbacks on the line of scrimmage, bump and running. Uh, so, yeah, you got to take all those practices with a grain of salt. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is it's like you sit there and go, okay, I can't wait. We get to training camp. Then we get to training camp and the first four days are the exact same practice. <laughs> on. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I was amused um, when um, the bears got punished for being too physical, right? <laughs> Uh, the Cowboys' former uh, linebacker coach, right? Uh, yeah. And, and and I'm sitting there going, Matt Eberflus, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> so the Bear fans just saw their new coach being too tough on the guys and too physicals. He, he's ingratiated his fine his himself with all the fans in Chicago because that's what they <laughs> want to hear, right? Yeah, we're gonna be like Ditka, right? We gotta be tough. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Yeah. So Fluce um, so Fluce has bought him some time to, to 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 at least before he falls out of favor if they don't win enough games. Yeah, I mean, because it is it's a strange one. People were asking questions about what that meant, and we had no clue. And it turns out, you know, even the great Mickey Spagnola has no clue what two physical it wasn't like you know, like last year with uh well, the Jags running the Oklahoma waited. drill. They waited to announce it until everything was over and everybody was yeah. gone. It's like, okay, well, we'll find somebody to ask. It seemed an unusual process there. But, all right, let's look at the the, the last three cornerbacks, um, which is um, fifth-round pick Deron Bland, uh, Quandry Mosley, and Isaac Taylor-Stewart. Um, these guys... Um, certainly one of them is going to make the practice squad, but any of them are going to make the active roster, you guys? Uh, I think it's going to be hard. Uh, I think Bland has a chance just because he's a draft choice, but he'll have to prove it on special teams. And he basically said, I play all special teams. So uh, that's a good start for him. Yeah. Uh, The uh, number 36 was another guy that caught my eye. He made a couple plays. The guy with the double last name. Uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart. Taylor Stewart. Taylor great, Stewart. great surname. Yeah. Great surname. <laughs> yeah. so, so anyway, uh, you know, at least they know he's there. I heard somebody mention his name. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, you, you'll get two, at least two corners, maybe three. I mean, you got 16, or no, is it 14 now? They're back to 14 uh, practice squad guys. Um, I, trying to remember if they reduced yeah. it or they added. They but added anyway, they, they, they added. They corner. added to it. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have a couple corners. So yeah, but I think he's got an opportunity. Yeah, well, I mean, Paul, Jamie, what do you think? These last three guys. I'm and like we say, there's the fifth round pick, so um, he's got that studded next to him. But I, I, we've heard a lot about Isaac Taylor Stewart from USC. <laughs> I mean, we said the exact same thing last year about like Sean Sean Wright and stuff like that, and yeah. like where he they would he was going to make the squad and stuff like that. Then it was all the talking about who knows. Like one of these guys might I, again. I, I'm really excited for training characters, but I, I I do expect some of these guys that like like Taylor Stewart and Bland like, to kind of like just come out of nowhere and actually make a stamp. So mm. that's one thing I'm I'm really interested in. I mean. You know me, I'm more of a defensive lineman guy, but in terms of the likes the secondary, I'm actually quite intrigued to see what's going to happen and transpire with regards to that. Yeah, yeah. Jamie? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there is always that about, one guy. Oh, always on, is. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Sorry, Jay. I was going to say, especially with now, kind of how how the league sets the rules for training camp, um, their opportunity to to shine was probably a minimum at best a couple of years ago, but now it's even less. In it, so you've got to grab the ball by the horn, so to speak. Now in training camp, and you sort of, like saying, just takes one play. Um, fingers crossed, it's a good one because they say. With the snaps that they get, they don't want to make a bad one, and it's pretty much end of the camp and it's end of the the Cowboys' career anyway. Um, yeah. probably like I say, I'm probably eyes on Taylor Stewart just for the fact, yeah, it's a USC guy. Um, he's got a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> Chills, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? yeah, that's a good point because the the downside of cutting back on how many training camp practices you can have cutting back on how long you can be on the field, cutting back that there's no more real two-a-days because one of yeah, the practices is basically they're dressed like me in, in a walkthrough with a hat on, <laughs> right? And you now only get three preseason games. So yeah. these guys at the far end of the roster have fewer opportunities to prove that they can do something in the league. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's really hurt uh, young guys making the team. You know, there was a yeah. guy last year that kind of showed up, Tyler Coyle, uh, a safety, and he was yeah. a free yeah. agent safety, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he made it to the practice squad. I think he mm-hmm. might have got active for one game or so. But those poor guys just don't get much of an opportunity, and that's why the Cowboys last year were fortunate to play in the Hall of Fame game, so they got to play four yeah, – well, sure. they were yeah. supposed to play four preseason games – uh, and, and so, yeah, it, it, uh, it, you, you've lessened the opportunity for young guys to make your roster that are at the back end that, you know, have to do something to say, Hey, I'm here. Mm. Just, just, I've just kind of came to well, not a conclusion, but it, like, I totally agree. Like I think with the, the less opportunities and that it's going to affect how they're going to perform, but like in terms of learning the playbook that's definitely more of a school like education you need to study and study and study but with without actually practicing it it just kind of becomes redundant if that makes sense so yeah and and you know what paul that's probably the most important thing in these off-season uh practices is learning the playbook yep uh, studying the playbook uh, knowing where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. Yeah, uh, no, no, so yep. that was one of the ideas I think when they cut back on the physical activity, and it's like, okay, this has got to be more mental now. We got to yeah. learn this stuff from a mental standpoint. I think in a way as well, and uh, feel free to cut me off. Like I, I kind of feel like it's given more players a uh, self responsibility to actually go out and actually learn rather than actually kind of being spoon-fed it. They need to actually, and it gives coaches, it's like, okay, this guy's determined. Let him, okay, I like I like the fact he's actually learned this, this, and this, A, B, C, D, D, whatever, of the playbook, which give him an opportunity. I don't know if that may be something you think that may be kind of more of a coach overseeing, saying, okay, what guys are actually re- learning the playbook here? Oh, I, I think that's always been the case. The coaches look at that. And I think uh, it, this one uh, kind of stuck out to me uh, when Mike McCarthy talked about how this rookie class, these uh, this draft 
choice class uh, seemed more prepared yeah. than previous draft choice classes. And, and he, he gave credit to the fact that these guys, their last couple of years in college going through COVID had to mm. learn basically mm. online, mm. right? Mm. They, they had to study more if they were going to know what they were doing because they got fewer opportunities to practice. Yeah. And, he goes, and he felt like these guys were more prepared for what we were doing in the off season uh, than maybe previous uh, draft classes. They do seem very blue collar, these guys. Really, like, they, like as if when you look at them all, there seems to be a theme there that they've gone through these blue collar type players. Well, they better be. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. You're right there. Um, but a question that popped into my head as well while you were talking, we were talking about preseason games because I really didn't notice it last season because I had the addition game with the Hall of Fame. But in the three game preseason, what game are they using as their dress rehearsal then? Is it the second game that they're going for on this? Well, it, it could be the second, it could be the third. They just I, mix I think it they up. just kind of play it by ear because okay. if you remember, you play the third one and then you got yeah. two weeks to get ready for the season opener. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah. I was just, I just popped into my head because I didn't you know really what? notice it last year. Here's what's going to be more valuable than three preseason games the three training camp practices they have against the Chargers yes. and the Broncos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. I am I'm looking forward to the actual Chargers one because yeah. their, their decent defensive lineman front. That is gonna be a test for our O line like for like Tyler and, 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 yeah. and it gives them an opportunity to be in pads against yeah. someone else in mm -hmm. a, a controlled atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And and, and so you got Justin Herbert. You're basically mm. going through your practice routine, but against somebody else. So you get more snaps because you're not hitting your own guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so you get a better look at what other guys in the league are doing. Uh, but you get more quality reps, I think, assuming boys yeah. will not be boys. And, <laughs> you know, get carried yeah. away and it becomes fisticuffs. That, but that if, does happen. If I remember correctly, though, uh, I think the NFL is the ability to use their referees in these in officials in these practices. Now I could mm -hmm. be wrong. I got to double check it. Uh, but I think when it was just, you know, Oh, this, this crew from the community college was available. Let's bring them in. You know, no one respects anything, but I think yeah, if there's NFL officials there, you know, and then the next thing that's going to happen is the NFL is going to crack down and start sending out fines for, misbehaving in these practice sessions yeah yeah but they don't want that imagery put to them do they yeah no no well no. money money always talks exactly I, I, this is gonna sound like a pure daft comment but the nfl is, it sounds like, rather than an actual company it sounds more like a politician they want to get praised for all the good <laughs> stuff but any of the bad stuff they don't want anything to do with it uh, you, you say that on the day boris has resigned oh yeah i had to throw <laughs> that in there i had to now who uh, resigned? Uh, our prime minister. Our no, prime he minister. did not. Did he? he did. Yeah, he did. yeah. He's done that it just today. happened today. Yeah, he's he's done it. He's gone. Oh, because I was I was reading about it this morning that a couple of people I don't know if it's called his cabinet or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, had yeah. resigned yeah. and they yeah. thought oh, 50, oh, 59 people of his cabinet. Fifty-nine. Yeah. What in the world is happening? 
Yeah. But, and, and, and I saw, I saw in Wimbledon, they're letting the, the line judges wear color, right? They're not all nah, white. I know. They had blue oh. stripes on their shirts. What's the Controversial, deal? controversial. <laughs> <sighs> Everyone's against the rules nowadays. Uh, yeah. It won't be long and they'll be having white. advertising. <laughs> yeah, we're white, no advertising. That's how Wimbledon's supposed to be. Right. And, stro and strawberries and cream. Maybe one day. We'll get to have you over, and we'll we'll take you for some strawberries and cream at Wimbledon. I was hoping this was the year, and then they made <laughs> Jacksonville a home game, right? Yeah, oh, we was you there. and me both, Mickey. We, we were right there, mate. We was waiting for it, and we actually found out the day before it was announced. And yeah, yeah you 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 saw a very quiet bunch here, just uh, uh, keeping it very yeah, quiet. It deflating was an understatement we were just like right what do we do now <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah. it's like we were we were campaigning we were trying <laughs> to get all the information from like so Stephen mm. jones to uh getting um, ready to buy bulk tickets for everyone yeah we were like, <laughs> so, pre pre preparing you guys venues. are just gonna have to make a trip here that's all yeah <sighs> well, we got that in the bag yeah, well, yeah, I, i'm i'm over in year. december so yeah. i'll be there for the coats and the in texas fact, game let's, oh, let's very good. Mickey. This is what we're doing next year. One of a kind, never been done before. In 2023, we are doing our own package deal. We've got it all set up. People from the group are signing up. They pay the deposits, and we're all coming over. So there's going to be a mass group of UK Cowboys fans gracing your doors next year. So you just got to figure out what game it is, but you got to wait, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that stage, yeah. That's we're pretty going cool. To a college yeah. Game, yeah, a college game. Tour of uh, AT&T, tour of the star, and you know, go to a college football game, whole deal. You well, know what's going to happen though, don't you? We're, we're, we're going to plan this, and the Cowboys are going to come over here next year. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. It'd be a, a double hitter for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get to see you twice, mate. Yeah. One thing, one thing I will confirm, though, I will confirm is like Dallas will like if, for how the international series will work in terms of the home game they're supposed Mexico. to host. That is more slightly going to be the Mexico game, yeah. like either next year in twenty four, no, twenty eight. 23. Is it the alternate the host teams That's nations? It, yeah. So well, you guys need to come here and find a spot to do your podcast then. No, oh, yeah. maybe we could do it where you sat now, Mickey. We could be in like we could be surrounded by all that amazing um history of your home. Well, if or or the cowboys home, you never know. <laughs> Just keep the world healthy, okay? Yeah, that's it. As long as everyone's healthy and happy, that's all we can ask for. Hey, listen, as long as I've got a beer in my hand, I'll always be healthy. Yeah. yeah, I think Jamie's. <laughs> I think Jamie's drunk right now. Actually, <laughs> I, after my after my weekend, I had such a beer this week. So I far. was about to oh, say, God, yeah, oh, t t yeah I, Jamie, I, I tell tell, tell Mickey where you were. I mean, hell, it, it it's almost it's ten o'clock there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mickey, uh, Jamie, tell Mickey where you were at this weekend. At last yeah, weekend, just, this. just done a week of the at the Grand Prix for the Formula One, Mickey. Oh, excuse was, me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The yeah, grand street. Do people it's, drink? It's, it's, become, it's becoming a, it's becoming a yearly ritual. <laughs> Very nice. It's worth it. it. Fantastic the weather was good. I got yeah. I got a sunburn the only day that it rained. <laughs> which was strange. What they call that rainburn? <laughs> I don't know. 
but but yeah if that's one thing i would love to do is like maybe rotate a formula one race somewhere outside of silverstone like somewhere different texas yeah, it's I want to Austin's definitely Austin, out there. But Austin, Austin is Texas, is Texas is You guys want to go to Formula One and I want to go to Wimbledon. <laughs> hey, and the soccer game over here. You oh, yeah. One of them. yeah. That would be all right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did, we did say we keep you for an hour. We've gone slightly over. And That's okay. we've gone wayward over on the arm while we were talking there. We, we've tran- transitioned to Formula One. We're now the Dallas Cowboys Formula One. Uh, podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> I don't think um, I have anything from a time standpoint till 4.20, so you guys are good. All right. Well, do you want to talk about any other positions while we got Mickey here, guys? Oh, I, I've actually got a good question, no. actually. I, I, uh, actually, before you hit, I'll just tell everyone at home. Send your messages in. We can see you uh, checking them in. Check us some questions, and we'll throw yeah. Mickey while we got him. But go on, Paul. <laughs> So I don't know if anyone's I know, I know you I knew I think it was yourself, Mike, that commented on my tweet about this, but it was the PFF post oh. about Trent <laughs> uh is it Trent Richardson, the, the offensive Trent, lineman? Trent, Trent Williams. Trent Williams, sorry, I don't know what I'm saying, but just for Trent Williams mm. was given an overall rating of 99 for Madden this year. I'm okay. sorry, but there's better offensive linemen out there available than Trent Williams. Uh, How the hell is he given an overall rating of 99 out of 100? He must have Come handed on. himself under the table or something, right? Oh, if, if you want to give Trent Williams 99 for uh, smart talk, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I'm sorry. That's just... Nah. And, when you, and you guys know I'm not a, a big fan of those rating systems. So. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm the same. I just... I, you know, here, here's what I don't understand. Uh you would how do you how do you possibly have the manpower to judge every player on every go. play of every game it's impossible yeah is right? this going to your pff talk as well no no i'm not i didn't mention anybody <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I, you get the same argument with them. Because I just, I wonder how they get their grades. I, I don't get it. Because, like you say, they'd have to watch every snap, every play. Um, and like with Madden, I, I put even less stock in it. I don't know what you got, you know, what you think there. And, yeah. and, and, and they don't know what the players are supposed to be doing, what the call right? was. Yeah. Or if there was a double team that didn't get doubled, or mm-hmm. if there was an offensive lineman that was handing off that didn't get handed off, you, you just never know. Yeah, though, though, it seems like they just kind of go based on people's actual reports rather than doing their own research mm. more than anything. Like, like how do you put a grade on a tight end wham in the nose? And a what? How 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 you put a grade? How do you rate a score on a tight end wham in the nose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did, I, like, that's what I was thinking of, like stuff like that, you know? Uh, yeah, I just, saw, I just saw in your comments, I, I love it that uh, Joe Chancino from Italy is watching this. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, on, he's, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so he's two hours ahead of us. So right now, it'll probably be near enough midnight. Midnight, so, yeah. So big shout out to Joe. He's always coming onto the show, uh, tuning in and always kind of sharing the, the podcast and that. So big up to Italy. Gives us some grief, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, when it comes to the Six Nations in rugby, though, he tends to go a bit quiet. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming from a Welshman, sheer finish. I know. I'm. I can't. But mind you, they did do well on the weekend. They didn't do too bad against South Africa. Um, I know it's Brian went quiet though because they got absolutely thumped by New Zealand. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you got a question for Mickey then, Jamie? Go on. Um, I'll, I'll throw a two part if you sorry, Mickey. Apart, apart from obviously the. The normal guy, say normal guys, so like your Dak Prescotts, um, that kind of thing. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most in training camp this year? And also, who's one of maybe the the veteran guys that's probably on the bubble and m- maybe most at risk? Do you think of being cut? You know, as for veteran guys being on the bubble, I think those do- those days have passed because of the salary cap. Um, either you can't cut them or if you were going to cut them, you already did for, for cap reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's, it's very rare now that you see somebody come in the training camp and just flop. Like they, they missed on the guy. And it's like, well, we can't, you know, we can't deal with this any longer. I mean, you know, unless somebody just fell off the face of the earth uh, it's not like, trying to come up with an example for you. And the Cowboys really don't have that many veteran guys. You know, uh, they are a very young team. Terrell Basham. I, I don't know mm. if you look at that as a veteran stable guy, right? I mean, they just mm-hmm. brought him in on, on a two-year deal, I believe it was last year. Uh, and so if he doesn't make it because some young guys bump him off, I don't know that it's a failure. It's just, you know, mm. He did his deal for one year and, and we're going on. But, you know, it's not like all of a sudden Tyron Smith is not going to make the team. Right. Uh, so I think those days uh, are kind of over. As for who I'm kind of looking for to step up. Uh, and I don't know if that it happens during training camp, but the guy they need to step up is Demarcus Lawrence. Remember, he about missed the entire season last yeah. year. I think people forget that. He played seven games, and one of them was the first one of the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, and then after fracturing his fifth metatarsal, he he finished out the year. I don't know if he played in that last season game or not. Yeah, uh, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. So so they really need him, you know. And I and I see people mention, well, you know, Demarcus Lawrence. He only had three sacks, and well, guess what? He didn't play, but, you know, a a minimal amount of games. Uh, So they need him healthy, especially with some of the inexperience they have at defensive end. You're counting on young guys. You're counting on new guys. uh, You're counting on a guy that's been there that hasn't had much of an opportunity, Dorrance Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, But Lawrence has got to be the leader of the gang. Uh, yeah. and, and I'll be anxious to see that he's actually not having to have spent this off season rehabbing something in the last few years, he's always been rehabbing something, uh, mm-hmm. and they've been minimizing his ability to participate in some of these camp practices and, and for sure in preseason games. So, uh, all system gold for DeMarcus Lawrence, uh, I'm really anxious to see him back on the field healthy. He looks fit. Uh, 
I don't know if it's because he cut his dreads, but he looks like he lost weight. He's got <laughs> a haircut, a uh, little but, more than me, but still it's a haircut. Ironically, uh, the, what you're talking about, somebody's asked that question on Twitter as we've been talking. Say, I, I, I do apologize. I'm not even going to try the name, but um, they're asking what was the reason behind him? And they saying is that that they're going to use him differently? The reason behind him losing weight. They've said to Mark oh, no, losing I, weight. I, is there a what? reason? And, and he he maintains he really didn't, but we'll we'll see. But again, it, it's a product of being able to work out full time in the off season instead of doing rehab stuff. You know, mm. and when you're rehabbing, uh, which by the way, I once had to rehab from a fractured fifth metatarsal, and mm. and all you're doing is nice you're taking these little steps, little steps, little steps, and then forward and backwards. And you're sitting there going, this is just useless. Right. But it was part of the process to get back to retraining yourself to walk, to run after you've been in a boot for five weeks or so on crutches. Uh, and th those are the things those guys have to go through. Uh, so it, it has little to do with playing football and everything to do as just being normal Joe out there trying to get back on your two feet. Yeah. Okay. And just so you're aware, Twitter questions don't come up on our screen. We've got a few coming in. First one is a two-part question is, are you going to camp this year, Mickey? I believe we are going to camp. You are. And the question we've got here is, what's the one thing you cannot go to camp without? My bicycle. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, that, have you gone skiing as well that, this year? That, mor that morning ride, uh, when it's I forget you go cycling. When it's 105 degrees here in Dallas, mm -hmm. and we wake up there, and it's 60, yeah. and the biggest question you have is, am I wearing long sleeves or short sleeves? Mm. Uh, and and I really look forward to that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've tried to up upgrade my time riding, so I'm in shape to. Uh, to do it with one of the guys that became my partner last year. And I suppose you need the bike for the fitness to run with a microphone to catch up to the players. Well. <laughs> no, we just have to make sure that they'll continue to transport our bike there, either on the, <laughs> on the equipment truck or the, or the charter flight. And have you gone skiing this year? I, know I did go skiing for the first yeah, time in, in two years. Yes. And oh, of course. Cause I have restrictions and all yeah, that. Yeah. The Achilles tear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, that was and I and I lived to talk about it too. As a matter of fact, as <laughs> yeah, a matter I of fact, I ran question. into I ran into uh, my surgeon that did that that fixed the Achilles. Um, oh, it well, on the been, beast. Uh, it would have been uh, at at the clinic uh, about a month or two ago, and I walked in and I said, "Hey, guess what?" And he goes, "What?" And he goes, "I said I skied," and, and he goes, and, <laughs> "And you're good. You're good to go." And I said better than ever and he goes i guess i got lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet like when as soon as he heard you went skiing i bet like the the, the pen twitching hand started to go like right oh, no, oh, well no, just yeah. know that i knew i must have been in good hands because uh so my surgery was in may and dak prescott's was in november and he <laughs> did Dak's ankle so i said oh, oh, wow. i didn't know i was in such good hands wow small world mind how about that yeah. Any other questions, Paul, Jamie? 
Yeah, um, I don't know. The if rest of the Twitter ones are fairly irrelevant, and apologise again that they don't come. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, apologies for Twitter. Um, for some reason, the comments don't come through. It's best just to kind of leave a tweet to yeah. us, and we'll get it and we'll ask it. But uh, but the question afterwards: Did anyone see the news regarding Devon Miller saying he would have taken a lower price and? Well, oh, you know what? He he yeah. got offered a lower price, and I think he thought it was too low. <laughs> because basically, from what I saw, that they would have been willing to offer him Randy Gregory money. Yeah, that, that's, yeah his, that's, that's what they're that's talking about. Really. So he ended up getting $3 million a year or more in Buffalo, and he couldn't pass it up. So, you know, this, this notion that guys will play less to go back to their hometown, that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. And the money. for a shorter, you know, time period, I think they gave him like six million, averaging seventeen something a year, and I think Gregory's offer was five years. It came to fourteen, but also it comes down to guaranteed money. Yeah, so you never know how much Buffalo guaranteed than the average Cowboys because the average per year doesn't matter. It's yeah. how much does guaranteed all the guarantees per year, right? Yeah. So yeah. it always comes down to money. You know, I've learned this long time ago when you got to look for how a decision is going to be made in the NFL, just follow the money. There it is. There's the statement we hear you say so many times, follow the money. <laughs> but yeah, it would be nice. But again, do you want to, you know, I bet the guaranteed money is not even close because I'm thinking the Cowboys are thinking, okay, this guy has been, you know, had some questionable injuries the last couple of years. Um, his his production, while it was good in the playoffs, kind mm-hmm. of sagged during the regular season. Now, how much do, do I want to guarantee him over how many years? Because when size, I I don't remember. Is he like thirty three? Yeah, or, I was just about to say what his age is. Hold on, I find out. Or I bet you can look it up faster. It's definitely going to be long in the tooth. That's for sure. And you got to be careful promising money long term for somebody that's not going to finish out the contract. My guess mm-hmm. is 33. Uh, born 1989. Yeah, he's yeah, 33. Yeah, he is 33 as we speak. He's born in March. Got to be I can't, I, so, I can't. so if I remember correctly, I did I see that Buffalo signed him to a six-year deal? It is yeah. quite offensive. That means he's playing until he's 39. That ain't happening. No, no, no chance. At that position as well, and you think of the injuries that he's had, right? As well, you know. And and uh, do they plan on? And in Texas A&M. Him? And and do they plan on playing him sixty snaps a game, or is he a designated pass rusher and he's going to play thirty or forty? You would like to you would like to think with the contract's been given, he's there to play every snap. Right. But... <laughs> Don't get <laughs> <Yeah>. off the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. There's a lot of money for a DPR, isn't it? You know. Right. Exactly. Um, but there we are, mate. It is 20 past, so okay. um, we will let you finish and go do your thing over there and enjoy the sunshine. Grab a few cocktails. We're jealous, man. We're jealous way too much sunshine, believe me. Uh, we could do with some, yeah, actually. Yeah, can you, can you send it over here? Because it's absolutely miserable over here. Well, I could send you, let's see, if I sent you... Nice to, time, if I sent you 20 degrees a day, that would get us to 85, Okay. That's sweet. I'll take that any day. <laughs> Although I'm saying that on the day, oh, my, 
Yeah, I, I'm saying this on the day the air conditioner on my truck broke. So, well, one of our air conditioners is going down, and it's like I tell people they ask about water, and I said the only water we see it comes out of the ground instead of into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, there we go, mate. Well, thank you very much for joining us again. Okay. Um, we'll try and get you on at some point during the season, get your take on how things are going. Um, and just be will... very judicious about, well, you know what training camp, but I'll be even two more hours behind you guys. Of That's course. Right. Yeah, California. Yeah. 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 So we would almost have to do a morning show. <laughs> yeah. You, we'll be speaking to you while you're on your bike. Cause night, let's <laughs> see if I can do this noon out there, it will be eight o'clock your time. Right um yeah, yeah i think yes on seven, the west coast seven hours i believe here in dallas is six hours and, and then I think two more is eight hours, hours. Two more. Yeah, you're right. eight hours. Yeah. yeah eight hours yeah and <laughs> eastern's five I, I might eat lunch with you <laughs> hey yeah but ah, maybe we'll uh secretly send you like a a delivery from domino's pizza or something you wonder where it come from <laughs> That sounds that sounds good. All right, I enjoyed <laughs> it, guys. You guys Excellent. have a good rest of the evening. And yourself. You too, I'm, uh, I'm we'll keep an eye out for you uh, during mini camp, and we'll be listening to your words, mate. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you Later, very man. much. Mickey. Take care. Thank Take care. And there we have it. The legend that is Mickey Spagnola joining us, giving his insights on the cornerback position and the team. He's always fun to talk to. He loves it, doesn't he? Oh, man, honestly, I could listen to Mickey all day. Mm. Honestly, I, oh, it's just it's just this knowledge. And death. Straight shooting. Yeah, he's not shy to speak his mind mm. as well. Like, so, yeah, gotta love Mickey. Gotta love yeah. him. Yeah, very true. But, um, yes, that is it from us this week. It is the final episode next week of season three. Season four coming straight after the week after. It's like we timed it all perfectly with training camp. Um, we start season four with a 53-man roster prediction. So get your thinking caps on for the next two weeks because you'll be joining us for that. Next week is the safety position and we have another special guest again because uh, we've got to because it's the last show. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's got to be done, isn't it? You know? Um, but you go, Paul. Hit us with it. Yeah, guys. So if you're planning on to a Dallas Cowboy in this, that, let me say that again. I do That's apologize. That's all right. Get your teeth back in. <laughs> if you're going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go with Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet, tailgate, and game day package experience. Get to meet former Dallas Cowboys players like Travis Fedrick, Sat Martin, and current wide receivers like Sir Michael Gallup and many other players that will be featured in the meet and greets Michael and Parsons. guys when i do say this these guys will treat you like absolutely royalty like the times where they go above and beyond for likes of me and jamie and all you need to do to get a really good package of this is just use the code uk cowboys and guys what happens if you get the code use the code jamie chocolate pudding <laughs> well you know you, free stuff. you may you may get chocolate pudding but you do get free stuff free like, stuff baby and there's some people to follow. And, of course, check out the travel package deal we got for 2023, exclusive with UK Cowboys. So if you're flying from Ireland, UK, or even Europe, make sure to check it out and join Or even us. Italy, like Joe. Even Italy, baby. That's right. Um, cool. So there we are. That is episode uh, 204. 
205 wow. coming with you next week. I know, yeah. <laughs> Um, so make sure to join us as we finish the positional breakdown series and the end of season three. Uh, but for the end of this episode, Paul and Jamie, take it away. We'll see you all next week, guys. Have a good one. See um, you next week. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Wear sunscreen because it's going to be hot and have fun. Heat wave, baby.